It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Bustin' Loose Baseball with Grant and Danny. Interviews, analytics, and analysis on everything baseball in the nation's capital. From the best high school players with Steve Bernhardt to the best college prospects in this class, including one that the Nationals are mocked to be taking almost everywhere. Let's break down the best bats collegiately with Teddy Cahill of Baseball America. We caught up with him. Here's how it sounded. The reason we choose Teddy Cahill to talk college baseball with is I think he is a wealth of knowledge, and I enjoy his work. You should follow him on Twitter, at Ted Cahill, national writer for Baseball America. Thanks for joining us, buddy. Good to catch up with you. How are you? Absolutely. It's uh, it's a fun time of year with the, uh, with the college season over, draft coming up, uh, beautiful summer day. You know, we, we, we're, we're enjoying it. So college pitching is not what this draft is about. In fact, we might not have a college pitcher taken in the first 15 picks, which I would have never thought would happen during my lifetime. Can you explain to people why teams like the Nats picking fifth won't be able to draft a college pitcher in this class and why there is just nobody available at the top of the board? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a weird college pitching class coming into the year to begin with. Uh, There just wasn't a whole lot of experience in the class. And some of that is related to uh, how the the 2020 season got canceled and just some weird breaks from the class, but then it got significantly worse throughout the year as, um, you know, pitcher after pitcher was dealing with, uh, with injuries. Um, you know, you have several guys that would have been highly rated, uh, dealt with Tommy John surgery. Uh, you have a guy like Carson Wisenhut at East Carolina who got suspended for the whole year. Um, you know, just a, a number of things happened over the course of more than a year now that have conspired to leave the, the college pitching class really bereft. Uh, if you look at the Baseball America rankings, you won't find a pitcher, a college pitcher ranked in the top 20. Uh, and it, it, it's remarkable just where we're at because you, you think about college pitching and, you know, you, you see how how often teams go to that well early in the draft. And it, it just, like you said, it's not going to be a route that anyone's taking this year. Who are some of those guys that would have been higher were it not for injury or TJ or otherwise? Yeah, I think, um, so I mentioned Wisenhunt at East Carolina. He was a guy that people were excited about coming off of um, Team USA last year. Kind of prelip at Alabama, uh, was off to a, an amazing start to his career before he had Tommy John a year ago. Um, Landon Sims at Mississippi State, a lot of people were excited to see what he would look like as a starter this year, he had been kind of the multi-inning fireman closer on last uh, last year's national championship team. He had Tommy John about, like, he got injured about four starts into the season. Um, it, it, the list is pretty lengthy. Th- those are some of the, the, the highlights, but it's, uh, 
it, it, it felt like for a while that anyone, I, I should mention Florida left-hander Hunter Barco, who has probably had the longest track record of any of these guys uh, and lasted pretty far into the season before he ultimately succumbed to injury as well. So it's, there, there are quite a number of them. Yeah, it's disappointing that it went that way, but here we are. So if you need college pitching, first half of the first round, this is not the year for you. Uh, all right, let's talk about the Nats at five. The name linked to them constantly, and the guy that I've heard they like a lot, is Kevin Parada, the catcher from Georgia Tech. So before we talk about whether or not they should do that with Kbert Ruiz and Parada being fairly quick to the big leagues, just educate people on who he is, what he is. So he is, uh, he's at Georgia Tech, which has uh, as good of a track record for developing catchers as really anyone. And uh, he's, uh, he's been there for two years. He's an eligible sophomore. Uh, has hit really well over the last two years. Has some power. Is pretty athletic. Uh, there's some questions about him defensively. But I do think he's improved uh, from when he was a high school player and he was very highly rated, uh, but obviously chose to go to Georgia Tech. He, uh, it was a really impressive season finalist for the golden spikes for pretty much any player of the year award. Uh, didn't win them because of the special season that Ivan Melendez had at Texas, but one of the best college performers, uh, this year, in addition to his tool set. One of the reasons Nats fans are kind of iffy about that, I'd say, and and I know you should never really draft based on what's at the big league level, but when we're talking about a bat and part of what you love about him is that he's a guy that's going to hit pretty soon and could be in the big leagues within, I don't know, a calendar year or, or a year and a half, when the the one or two positions that you have kind of blocked off in the big leagues is catcher for the long term, it's a little bit weird at the top five to go college. Is he going to stay there? Or could he play first base? Could he play left field? So he definitely could go and run around the outfield, and that would be just fine. Um, I, I think that, that you could be looking at a, a corner outfielder there. There, there's a debate about is he a catcher? Is he not a catcher? Um, you know, I'll let scouts handle that. But first, I guess first I would say with that is every catcher gets at that question of asked about them. Like unless you're Adley Rutschman, somebody is asking, is that guy actually a catcher? Can he stay a catcher? So like that is the baseline. But you hear it a lot more with Parada. There are reasons to wonder with him. Uh, but if you just love the bat. Uh, like, if you like that enough, he can go be an outfielder, and I, I don't think that would be a problem. Teddy, tell folks about Brooks Lee, a switch hitter, I believe, out of Cal Poly, wanted to go play for his dad, was a, was a guy that could have gone out of high school, but wanted that kind of unique experience. Uh, pretty good bat-to-ball skills, it, it seems like. Where's he going to go? Yeah, he's, uh, he's a guy that you're hearing talked about for that first overall pick. Um, or I think that chatter has pulled off a little bit, but until we know what Baltimore does, you know, we'll just have to see. But he's uh, he's a shortstop. A lot of questions about is he a shortstop? Uh, but his his just feel for hitting is incredible. You mentioned the bat to ball; it's really good. Uh, he played at Cal Poly for the last three years. Was uh, very highly rated out of high school, much, much in the same range as Parada. They were both kind of thought of as second round pick types out of high school. They've gone to college and they'll now go in the top five, top ten picks somewhere in there and. He, uh, I mean, he's just a really good hitter. He's going to play somewhere on the infield, whether that's shortstop or, or second base or maybe third base. We'll, we'll have to see. But uh, what, what you're definitely buying there is the the feel for hitting and uh, just the uh, a lot of – he has good tools, but he also just has incredible baseball instincts and everything plays up as a result of that. Yeah, you're right about – you know he's playing for his dad and he kind of 
plays that way. You know what I mean? He's he's the guy who grew up around the game. It's pretty obvious when you talk to him, which I got to, or certainly when people watch him and scout him. Uh, I love Jacob Berry. I, I am in a dwindling group, it seems like, on that front. I <laughs> would draft him in the top 10 and feel good about it because I think that guy's going to rake, and he's a switch hitter. Uh, he's got some power as well. The problems are the lack of a defensive position, and it sounds like, and I didn't know this until recently, so I'm, I have a little bit of pause, but his exit velocity numbers are troubling some of the analytically-minded teams. Uh, fill in some of the blanks and just tell people about Jacob Berry of LSU who's played for two good programs the last couple of years. Yeah, so he's also an eligible sophomore. He started at Arizona um, and was part of their College World Series team a year ago, and then when their coach, Jay Johnson, uh, was hired away from Arizona by LSU. He ended up following uh, Jay to Baton Rouge. And, yeah, I mean, your, your snapshot there is, like, incredible hitter. Uh, like, his, his numbers over two years at LSU and Arizona are, are very, very strong. He has power. He, uh, you know, he's a, a guy that, that finds the barrel an awful lot, just good bat-to-ball skills with him as well. Uh, but the the big question is what is he? Um, he played mostly third base this year after mostly DHing at Arizona, and uh, it's it's rough at third base. Now the thing about that is, I think on a different team they would have maybe been less insistent on force feeding him third base. That was a position that LSU needed. They didn't need a first baseman. They had an entrenched first baseman. They had a really good outfield. So could Jacob Berry learn? how to play left field or right field or first base, like probably, and maybe that would help him in the long run because one of the issues he has is making the throws uh, that third base requires of him. So I, I think that a team can work with him to find a good defensive position, but it's not going to be a premium defensive position. So you have to be completely committed on the bat. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ted Cahill with us, Baseball America, breaking down some of the best college prospects. Uh, let's go to Gavin Cross of Virginia Tech, an outfielder that's pretty intriguing. Wasn't on, didn't sound like he was on many people's radars coming out of high school, but kind of thrust himself on the national scene, absolutely mashing for a team that had an unbelievable dream season that was ended by Chicago, but almost said Chicago by Oklahoma in a in a super <laughs> regional there at Virginia Tech. Tell us about Cross. Yeah, definitely under the radar uh, out of high school, especially in comparison to some of the other guys we, we've talked about. Uh, but really established himself at Virginia Tech over the last few years. Power, speed, um, you know, some question about is he a center fielder, but uh, has the ability probably to, to run around in center field and, and be all right. Um, had a, a very strong year. 
Virginia Tech period had an incredible offensive year. So if you pull up Virginia Tech's stat sheet, he's not at the top of the list, uh, but they were one of the best offensive teams in, in the country. So uh, he, he just kind of fit in with everyone else there, but he was really the focal point, what scouts or what, what scouting reports were focused on when, uh, when he played Virginia Tech. Uh, again, a really good hitter. Um, you know, we'll see where he lands in the outfield exactly, but, but, pretty a pretty good athlete to go with all of that that offensive firepower while we're talking about a, a localish guy here at tech on boston loose baseball i might as well ask you about chase the lauder from james madison university who's 20 a left-handed bat as well a central casting body 6'4 235 he seems to be sliding down boards a little bit for whatever reason but uh who's chase the lauder yeah so he was really off the radar and that's part of the reason why he ended up at james madison Came to college as a two-way player. Um, you know, he, he's a left-handed pitcher. In addition to hitting, the hitting part is what is going to get him drafted, and that's really what he, he's been focused on for the last year now. Uh, had an incredible season in the Cape Cod League, the, the, coll- the Premier College Summer League, last summer, uh, and that really vaulted him up all of the, the draft boards and, and got everyone very intrigued by him. Competition level at JMU has not been amazing lately, he had an injury this year, uh, which ended his season. He had a broken foot in like middle of April, I want to say, and just I was a little uh, a, l- a little out of sight, out of mind at the end of the, at the end of the season. I don't think that's what's contributing to his slide. Um, I think some of what you're seeing right now is just questions about like how how much do we trust what we saw last summer, uh, and what position is he because. He's probably not a center fielder, so you're looking at a right fielder, and do we trust him then to, to hit enough to be a first-round pick as a right fielder? Let's go into the, the college arms. I, I was wildly impressed with Cade Horton on that aforementioned uh, you know, Super Regional, then College World Series one where Oklahoma ended up finishing second. But I just was he, he just reminded me of the starting pitchers that I grew up watching, right? Just you know, mixing, great command, and had enough power when he needed it kind of in reserve. I was really impressed, impressed with him. Tell us about Horton and then kind of give me a sense of where the college arms are for you. Yeah, so Cade Horton is uh, technically a redshirt freshman. He um, He – Came to campus a year ago as a two-way player, actually as a football player slash baseball player. The football very quickly got pushed aside. That was never, he was never as good of a football player as he was a baseball player. So that kind of got pushed aside and he was initially going to, you know, be an important piece for for Oklahoma doing both. Then he had Tommy John surgery uh, coming out of the fall of his freshman year. So he missed all of 2021. Um, then he comes in this year and is their starting third baseman on opening day. Uh, still isn't ready to get on the mound yet. Doesn't get on the mound until the end of March, I want to say. And the early results were, you know, they looked that he was rusty. Uh, but by the end of the season, you know, the the stretch in the postseason was incredible, and he has incredible upside. That's a guy that if he were to go back to school, uh, you're looking at probably being a top five top 10 type next year if he can show that he can maintain what everyone saw in the postseason over the course of uh of the regular season i it, there are a lot of a lot of moving pieces there with him he's thrown like 50 innings in college you're betting entirely on his body of work basically in june as being the true kate horton if you're really going to pay him uh, he has a lot of leverage because he is just a redshirt freshman. I, 
I, he is one of the most fascinating players in this draft class. Uh, other top college arms, um, Gonzaga's Gabriel Hughes uh, definitely is, is up there. Campbell's Thomas Harrington. Um, th- there, are, there are some guys out there that, that fit kind of in the back of the first round, but you'll also see a lot of those uh, guys that dealt with injuries and stuff um, probably in that same range. Rapid fire a couple of guys here to ask you about. Teddy Cahill, Baseball America. Read his work there, please. Does a really good job. Uh, let's start with the guy that was mocked to the Nats really before and during the beginning of this season a lot in the top five, and he's moved down the board some. Texas Tech's Jace Young, his brother's a, a good minor league prospect already. Um, he's 21 years old. He's not going to go in the top five anymore, it doesn't seem like. What uh, what gives there? Why has he moved down boards a little bit? I think with, with Jace, you're, the, the profile has kind of always been the profile. It just it wasn't maybe as loud of a performance as what you were looking for this year. He's a second baseman already, uh, whereas his brother was playing shortstop as a junior. And uh, he's, a, he's a really good hitter, has some power, but just maybe not the show-stopping tools that you'd expect out of a top-five pick. Which makes some sense. What about um, Daniel Susick, the catcher out of Arizona? I mean, how big is the gap between the guy we talked about maybe going five, Kevin Parada, the best catcher in the class, in name at least, at a Georgia Tech, versus Susick? And, and will he stay there if Parada doesn't? I don't think there's a huge gap. I think you're looking at both of those guys going in the top dozen picks um, Susak isn't quite the same hitter as Parada, but he is. There are fewer questions about him defensively. Um, I, I, I don't think like it's not like he's a bad hitter, uh, but I, I, I think there's just some there's less impact in the bat than what you've seen from Parada. All right, and then the last one is my my man crush here. That I think it, I'm looking at pipeline here. He's 17th right now for them overall in this class. Zach Neto who had the huge hitting streak at Campbell. I had him on my show on Sirius XM. I love this guy. Talking to him was a blast. He's got this Eric Davis leg kick that he does. Like, he literally lifts his knee up before swinging to his nipple. Wow. Uh, with two strikes, he doesn't do that, obviously. But I, I think this guy is a really nice prospect. He's a shortstop right now, and maybe he'll stay there. I don't know. What do you think of Zach Neto? I think he's really interesting. He had a great summer on the Cape last year. He was actually interrupted by injury. And usually for a prospect on the Cape, you get injured, you go home. But he came back after he got healthy, which is, I mean, that shows you how much he likes baseball, how much he wanted to compete and all the rest of that. Uh, he actually was a two-way player earlier in college, definitely a, a hitter now. But I think he's, he's fascinating. You've seen him rise on mocks sometimes into the top ten. Uh, there, there's a lot to like about Zach Neto, particularly if you believe he stays up the middle. Teddy, I always like to ask this of, of guys that see so many players. Uh, give me somebody that's your favorite. I'll tell you mine just for example. I saw a highlight of Drew Gilbert hitting like a walk-off grand slam where he like threw the bat into the stands with his eye black like down to his knees. And I was like, yep, I like that guy. You know, he's like 5'9", spark plug type dude hitting bombs. But just give me somebody that you just really, really like and you always kind of find a way to bring up in conversation. Oh man, it, there, there are so many guys I, I feel pretty good about. Uh, but you know, I, I so first of all, that Drew Gilbert highlight is incredible, and uh, he is he is a fun player. Um, you know, I I think that I really am, have been interested in Spencer Jones since he was a, a high school kid. Um, he was a, a two way player coming out of high school. He's like built like Aaron Judge, and he doesn't pitch anymore because of injuries. Now he's or he played right field for Vanderbilt and. 
you know, I think that those comparisons are kind of unfair to, to him, but he's, he is just such a unique player. He's really athletic. He's like six, seven, uh, left-handed hitter with some power. Like I, I will be very interested to see how he, uh, how he continues in pro ball. When in doubt, find the six, seven guy with some tools and just track them. You know what I mean? That's a good follow. It's uh, I mean, the ceiling is very high. There's some risk with those guys, but the, the ceiling is very high. Which makes sense because the roof has to be higher else we'll, head. Yes, yes. we'll bump into it. <laughs> hey, Teddy, love the work. As you know, you guys crush it at BA and you did an awesome job covering ball all year. Thanks for joining us. We'll send people to at Ted Cahill on Twitter and uh, BaseballAmerica.com. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So there you go. Now you're up to date on the top college players in this class. That was the goal. We wanted to let you know as much as we could about all the names at the top of this draft board jamming into one pod for you as you get ready for the Nats to be on the clock at number five. Darris, we always end these second show of every week with somebody saying something nice about us. So let's do it. We love when somebody says something nice about us. I absolutely love it. Here's another five-star review from Next Gen Fan. He calls this the best Nationals podcast. hey There he goes. He says, Grant and Danny always bring insight and analysis, whether on the radio or on this podcast. Love the info on the prospects so I can know who to look for. Great personalities and always fun to listen to. Keep it up, guys. Thank you, Next Gen Fan. We appreciate that. What a sweetheart. Danny, really, we just like reading these in hopes that someone else does it for a shout-out. That's fine. Whatever it takes. If you just want to hear your name mentioned on the radio, all you got to do is say something nice. This is not a process that's about integrity. Mm -hmm. This is not a high bar. This is like sending $16,000 worth of chocolate (laughs) to all of your sources for Christmas. This is, we're very cheap. This is a low moral threshold here. You say something nice about us, we repeat it, everybody gets something. We get validated, and so do you. So there you go. A brand new episode for you, Boston Loose Baseball. Do us a big favor. Please spread the word as we try to grow this podcast. Please send the link to a buddy if they're a Nats fan. Tell them to check it out. Uh, That is the best way to help us to continue to have more people listening to BLB. For now, so long and enjoy Nats baseball.